You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. Right here on Pain.tv slash gold. And you are listening to me, your host, Dustin Gold, over here at Coindesk.com, folks. Again, we're looking at this opinion piece, how central banks could use digital cash to deliver universal basic income. It says, central banks are well-placed to deliver regular, no-questions-asked monthly payments to everyone and to manage any ensuing inflation. All right, and this is by Francis Coppola, not Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, the uh, what is that? The uncle of uh, Nicholas Cage, and I don't know why, folks. I get a lot of people in grocery stores and stuff, especially over the last probably five years, say, "Hey, uh, I had a lady yesterday. Actually, I was in the food lion, the crappiest grocery store around. I had to run in there real quick. I think that was yesterday." I had to just get some organic carrots real fast to throw in the turkey soup. It was two days ago. She said, excuse me, sir, I don't mean to offend you, uh, but I just wanted to tell you, you look like Nicolas Cage. I get it all the time. It's hilarious. I mean, I don't think I really look like Nicolas Cage, uh, but whatever, whatever. I guess I am uh, the national treasure, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe one day I'll be a national treasure. Because Francis Coppola, a Coindesk columnist, is a freelance writer and speaker on banking, finance, and economics. Her book, quote, The Case for People's Quantitative Easing, end quote, explains how modern money creation and quantitative easing work and advocates, quote, helicopter money, end quote, to help economies out of recession. With the advent of the coronavirus pandemic, universal basic income has suddenly become big news. And so we know that because we just reviewed universal basic income, which is why if I introduce this idea that CBDC could be the one to manage universal basic income before we discussed universal basic income over the last episode and a half, you would have been missing out on a big chunk, folks. So think about it. That's why I explained universal basic income to you. And I think that Washington Post piece was enough. We don't really have to get into universal basic income anymore, except that I'm going to show you all the players involved with it. It goes on to say many people are now calling for governments to give everyone a regular income with no work requirements since we want most people to stay at home and not work with no means testing. That is adjusting for income, right? You heard that. People are now calling for governments to give everyone a regular income with no work requirements since we want most people to stay at home and not work with no means testing, right? So again, This was written originally in March 2020, March 30th, 2020, right when COVID land, the high school theater production kicked off. It was updated in September 2021, but this article was written right then. We want everyone to stay home. Okay, universal basic income. Let's kick that off. Well, it came in the form of stimulus checks. And all those programs we just read about in the Washington Post basically popped up because of COVID land, the high school theater production. Again, problem, reaction, solution. Everything is orchestrated. Everything is socially engineered. 
It goes on to say, however, delivering universal basic income is problematic. Governments lack the up-to-date information on identities and addresses needed for physical delivery of money or prepaid cards. And checks or bank transfers shut out the unbanked. The unbanked. The unbanked. I'll show you the numbers on the unbanked in a future show. Let me write that down because we do have those. Minuscule, minuscule. Goes on to say that leaves a gap for a new institution to step in, like a central bank. That's not really a new institution. (laughs) The Federal Reserve came into effect in 1913 under Woodrow Wilson. I did a show on that, folks. Uh, That leaves a gap for a new institution to step in, like a central bank, which could issue a digital currency as an efficient way of delivering a universal basic income. And so she's got a uh, another article which we're going to review in the future called Four Reasons Central Banks Should Launch Retail Digital Currencies. And as we talked about a couple of episodes, the difference between wholesale and retail. So we'll be covering a little bit more about that as we finish up with central bank digital currency over the next few episodes. It goes on to say universal basic income is a cash income that is paid to every individual regardless of their circumstances. It is paid, quote, regularly. For example, not one-off, those would be helicopter drops. Directly, for example, not via an intermediary such as a bank. To the individual, not the household or family. Unconditionally, for example, without work requirements or means testing, though it may be taxed away at higher incomes. And then universally, for example, to everyone irrespective of their age, gender, race, religion, class, income, or any other characteristic. So just go back to the other one, which says, though it may be taxed away at higher incomes, that's like the stimulus check. People with higher incomes didn't necessarily receive one, right? So if you make enough money, they're not going to give it to you. So they're going to pay poor people to remain poor. It goes on to say, government already gives regular payments to benefit claimants. Many of these are intermediated through banks, but programs such as food stamps bypass banks. However, because food stamps have a restricted use, they are often traded by the poor for money since people can't live on basic foodstuffs alone. Also, many benefits, even if paid in cash, tend to go to the household rather than to individuals creating hardship for, say, women in abusive relationships, right? So like the stimulus check, they sent that to the individuals assigned to your social security number. If you remember, you can look it up on the government website, your social security number. But see right there? It says, however, the food stamps have a restricted use, so they're often traded by poor for money. Well, remember, under Technocracy Incorporated, under the energy certificate, you are not allowed to trade it, you're not allowed to sell it, you're not allowed to transfer it, and you're not allowed to save it. And so that's the system they're working towards. We've seen that in several articles already. That's the programmable and the expiring money. It goes on to say, in the United Kingdom where I live, the conservative government's flawed universal credit system shows how harsh work requirements can deprive people of the means to live. While pushing people too fast to go with benefits creates a uh, uh, disincentive to work, welfare systems are by their very nature both complex and perverse goes on to say the present crisis has stretched welfare systems beyond their limit and demonstrated governments can't deliver the basic income that everyone needs and that i believe should be everyone's by right 
There is an urgent need and many practical reasons to provide every individual with a no-questions-asked basic income delivered in the form of digital cash dollars. But how might it work? See, here's the other thing I want to point out, folks. The world that these folks have engineered for us that we live in right now, this materialistic, consumeristic world that we live in, they engineered this world, right? So now the idea is that if you can't live within this world they engineered, they're going to give you monopoly money uh, with conditions, with conditions. Don't ever be tricked by the fact that this money will be given to you without conditions uh, to then be able to afford to live inside of this realm, this system that they created i mean they created you did not create it i did not create it they created it it's driven by the very elites that now want to give you monopoly dollars to live inside the system but it's a new system we're moving into they've now moved us into the fourth industrial revolution which moves into the fourth industrial era the fourth industrial revolution it goes on to say the first thing Forget about any universal payment that would mean higher government debt. UBI needs to be a right that cannot be taken away. Government debt is ultimately paid from taxes, and people can and do vote to end welfare programs that take too many tax dollars. It's, it's actually all created by debt. One of the biggest criticisms of UBI is that it would go to everyone, regardless of means. Higher taxes for people on high incomes would, of course, effectively tax it away. But this is not as visible as withdrawing it. Politically, the U of UBI would soon be dropped if it were funded from tax revenue. So let's consider a totally different source of money, the central bank. There would be two ways for a central bank to deliver UBI. One would be for the central bank to put money into people's bank accounts to ensure this went to as many people as possible. Governments would have to force banks to offer basic banking services to everyone. But even so, some people would drop through the net. After all, you can't force people to have bank accounts, and some people choose not to. There's another more radical route. That would be for everyone to have accounts at the central bank. Of course, the central bank isn't a retail payment agent, so there would be no. Uh, there would need to be a gateway to payment network. How might this work? <coughs> Excuse me, folks. This is where a CBDC might come in. Imagine that instead of creating a gateway to the existing bank-dominated payment system which would once again create problems for people who didn't want to use banks, the central bank created a digital currency and an associated wallet. The digital currency could be a stable coin with a one-to-one peg to the U.S. dollar guaranteed by the central bank. And you know what a stable coin is because we spent uh, half an episode on that a couple of episodes ago goes on to say every month the central bank would put an amount of digital dollars in the wallet. People would access the wallet via their smartphones or other devices. They could transfer the digital dollars to their bank accounts if they wished, or they could spend them directly because the guaranteed dollar peg would ensure they would be acceptable in payment for goods and services. See, it's going to become the systematic control of the distribution of goods and services. I would expect a forest of apps to appear, enabling people to use these digital dollars for whatever they want. Alternatively, people could exchange the digital dollars for other cryptocurrencies. (laughs) Amazing. I don't want to open a bank account 
with the commercial bank or with the central bank, but I'll definitely download the digital wallet connected to the central bank. Goes on to say, at this point, those who firmly believe money should be scarce will shout, but what about inflation? Regularly giving money to people, no question asked, would increase the risk of inflation, they would say. Answer, it's the central bank's job to manage inflation. The central bank could vary the payments, reducing them if consumer prices started to rise or increase them if they fell. Just creating more problems, folks. More problems. Alternatively, they could keep interest rates much higher, bearing down on bank lending and reducing the economy's reliance on debt. Many people might welcome this. Oh, they're always going to tie it to more debt. Well, actually, they might tie this to uh, carbon. To carbon. That's what we think is coming. And we'll get into that in future shows. It goes on to say, obviously, the idea central banks could deliver UBI using a central bank digital currency isn't going to please those who think central banks shouldn't exist and money should be entirely decentralized. But let's face it, a fully decentralized universal basic income is a pipe dream. In many countries, the central bank is independent of government and largely immune from the whims of politicians. It is best placed to deliver a regular no-questions-asked monthly payment to everyone and to manage any ensuing inflation that way when the next disaster hits we won't once again scrabble about trying and failing to get money to people via patchwork of inadequate benefits tax systems and primitive payment networks it's too late to create a cbdc for the current crisis but as part of the exit strategy we should plan to create a central bank digital currency as soon as possible and create a constitutional right to universal basic income so that when the next disaster hits people know they will survive well ask yourself if the central banks are independent of government how could you create a constitutional right to force the central bank to deliver free money to people money to people that is not tied to debt it's just free money folks that doesn't cause inflation and it adjusts the interest rates uh, based on how much they have distributed what a crock folks but see this was written in march 2020 as covid land the high school theater production was rolling out and what have we seen happen exactly what this person calls for over the last two years we now see the universal basic income experiments rolling out across the country just as this author wants right the beginning of testing it out for the next so-called pandemic the next disaster and at the same time we now see 105 to 112 countries working on and in various stages of research development and deployment of their central bank digital currencies this person right here predicted the future ladies and gentlemen the future because we're living in the future right now when i get back let me show you what is coming out of the biden administration ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dust of gold with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. 
folks. I hope when you walk away from this show every day, you are smarter than when you arrived. And I think you are, folks, because we are covering stuff here over the last 102 episodes that I think others have not covered, not in the depth we have or in the hopefully entertaining fashion that we try to deliver this stuff to you so that you'll actually get through it. There's a lot of really good podcasters out there that cover some of this stuff, but uh, and I was an avid listener of many of them. I unfortunately have not listened to a lot of stuff over the last uh, few months as I've been building the show because I just don't have time and I don't want to be tainted by other people's work. But some of it, though, it was just so boring. I would fall asleep in the car while listening to it. Uh, so I hope now you have a solid understanding of, you know, stable coins and smart contracts and Ethereum and blockchain and CBDC and universal basic income all in a few episodes. You're getting a crash course on this stuff. All right, let's take a look at this and then I'll show you. Uh, what's rolling out right now. This is at blockworks.co. And this is an article from January 21st, 2021. So about a year into COVID land, the high school theater production. And this article was Biden might give universal basic income a chance, but forget about CBDCs. Now, just hold on that. Hold on that for a second, folks. It says, although there has been a change in administration at the White House, the American economy is still reeling from the impact of COVID-19. This impact, however, has affected the economy and workers in a dramatically different way. Um, your ability to do work, uh, to do your job remotely from the confines of your home effectively determines if you are using this upheaval to get ahead or if you are stuck on the sidelines of prosperity. Given that this only accelerates the gulf of inequality, lawmakers are looking at solutions that were once thought of as radical to ameliorate this economic plan. Popularized by Democratic leadership candidate Andrew Yang, I told you he was backed by Elon Musk, the idea of universal basic income, giving everyone a check for a fixed amount regardless of socioeconomic status, is once again being considered seriously as a means to pull low-income earners out of a COVID-induced economic trap. After all, low-income earners are disproportionately impacted by health authority orders to close customer-facing businesses. Hotels, restaurants, and retail have laid off significantly more staff than the technology or professional services sector. And tell me that wasn't orchestrated, folks. Tell me that wasn't orchestrated. And it continues, for higher earners, this extra cash would serve as pure stimulus to encourage further discretionary consumption, particularly as interest rates disincentivize savings. All orchestrated. While the idea of free money might have many associating this policy with the far left. The reality is the idea of universal basic income is something that has support on both the right, the center, and the left. Now, get this here, folks. The libertarian Cato think tank, often accused of being a shield to promote the interest of the Koch brothers, well, the Koch brothers actually funds it, is a staunch proponent of it. 
Matt Zelensky of the Institute's Economist argues that by giving the economically disadvantaged money with no strings attached, it provides them with agency to make the most efficient decisions. In contrast, the multitude of government-run welfare programs do not have a successful track record of reducing poverty. It continues to creep up, yet costs nearly $1 trillion. Zelensky argues that the majority of welfare programs disincentivize work, so should they be uh, so they should be slashed. The $1 trillion could be better spent elsewhere. For libertarians, it's a win-win, reducing the size of government while boosting economic demand, right? So it's going to reduce the size of government by distributing the $1 trillion of welfare in a different way, right, says the libertarians. And uh, I hate to tell you, the libertarian movement at the top here, coming out of the Cato Institute, uh, with people like Peter Thiel, it's fraudulent. It has nothing to do with freedom or liberty. When these folks are talking about handing out a universal basic income from the government or from the central bank to the people that the system has made poor, there's nothing libertarian about that, folks. Nothing. goes on to say, within the political center, the argument holds that universal basic income is an effective tool of redistribution while encouraging work, as one does not have to worry about exceeding income thresholds of welfare programs and risk being cut off. Harvard economics professor Maximilian Casey argued in a 2018 paper that government subsidies of low-wage work via welfare Welfare further depresses wages and punish higher income workers for their efficiency through a higher tax rate. Uh, well, I am for eliminating the income tax altogether. I think they should close the IRS and they should eliminate the income tax. Uh, that's what actually should be done, right? So it goes on to say, and on the left, the argument is based around the failure of trickle-down economics to provide meaningful growth and an encouragement of rent-seeking behavior. A favorable capital gains tax, for instance, means that equity from startup wealth is taxed more favorably than wages. The coming loom of automation is bound to replace jobs for a cross-section of society. Equities traders can be replaced through artificial intelligence, perhaps more easily than taxi drivers. And so it goes on in this article to say a targeted universal basic income might not cause rampant asset inflation. All right. And so this gets more into uh, universal basic income. And as we get down here into the next section, because I'm not going to review all of this for you right now, it says CBDCs and universal basic income. One of the hottest terms in fintech throughout 2020, aside from Bitcoin, has been the idea of a central bank digital currency, or CBDC. A CBDC is a digital form of central bank money issued by a central bank on a digital ledger, similar to a blockchain. This is opposed to digital commercial bank money, which is money held by a bank that has been digitized. It's the kind of money used when you pay via a mobile app or debit card. China is considered the leader in this field with a digital RMB known as a DCEP. But the Accenture-backed digital dollar project led by Christopher Giancarlo, former, uh, former Commodity Futures Trading Commission chairman, is positioning the U.S. to play catch-up. And we're going to go more into uh, Christopher Giancarlo in uh, future episodes. So what they're talking about here, folks 
is that the uh, Biden administration is looking into a universal basic income, but not looking at central bank digital currency. Now, this was written in January 21st, 2021, right? We're almost in 2023, two years later. Well, let's see what happened here, folks. In September 2022, so uh, we would say almost a year, uh, I was at 19 months after this article was written, the White House puts this out. Technical Possibilities for U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency by Dr. Alondra Nelson, head of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, Alexander uh, McGivory, Principal Deputy United States Chief Technology Officer, and Nick uh, Marta, Policy Advisor, right? So this just comes out now a couple of months ago, and it says President Biden often summarizes his vision for America in one word, possibilities. A, quote, digital dollar, end quote, may seem far-stretched, but modern technology could make it a real possibility. A United States, this is right from the White House, a United States central bank digital currency, CBDC, would be a digital form of the U.S. dollar, while the United States has not yet decided whether it will pursue a CBDC. Well, we know the Federal Reserve is in the middle of a test right now. We went over that a couple of episodes ago. The United States has been closely examining the implications of and options for issuing a CBDC. If the United States pursued a CBDC, there could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to the financial system, boosting economic growth, and supporting the continued centrality of the United States within the international financial system. However, a U.S. CBDC could also introduce a variety of risks as it might affect everything ranging from the stability of the financial system to the protection of sensitive data. Notably, these benefits and risks might vary significantly based on how the CBD system is designed and deployed. That is why Executive Order 14067 ensuring responsible development of digital assets place the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States CBDC. The executive order directed the Office of Science and Technology Policy in consultation with other federal departments and agencies to submit to the president a technical evaluation for a potential U.S. CBDC. Today, OSTP is publishing its report, Technical Evaluation for United States Central Bank Digital Currency System, which lays out policy objectives for a potential United States Central Bank Digital Currency System and analyzes key technical design choices for United States CBDC system. The report also estimates the technical feasibility of building a CBDC minimum viable product and describes how a United States CBDC system might affect federal operations. The report makes recommendations on how to prepare the federal government for United States CBDC system. Importantly, the report does not make any assessments or recommendations about whether the United States should pursue a CBDC, nor does it make any decisions regarding particular design choices for a potential U.S. CBDC. And so tomorrow, 
we are going to go through the rest of this and then we're going to take a look at the connecting documents uh, and then we're going to work back into consensus because we have to see how they play a part in this now you'd say to yourself ladies and gentlemen how is this all going to work how does it all connect so i'm just going to leave you with a little food for thought uh, yesterday in episode 101 maybe the day before in episode 100 i had mentioned to you Uh, And this is not what I want. Up on the screen, I have Elon Musk says we need universal basic income because in the future, physical work will be a choice. But don't worry about that. We're going to get to that. I had told you that a lot of the CBDC being discussed in various countries is being built on top of the Ethereum protocol. Ethereum being started in 2013 by Vitalik Buterin, who then in 2014 dropped out of college with a $100,000 grant from Peter Thiel, the technocrat and transhumanist, to work on Ethereum. He then launched Ethereum in 2015. His partner, Joseph Lubin, split off and formed Consensus. Consensus is working with the central banks, as well as with Visa, MasterCard, other so-called private companies, to build a CBDC system that will be disseminated through uh, the various financial networks like Visa. Well, I want to just show you because I always talk about how we are the worker bees and we are building our own slave system. I want to just show you this article here. This is food for thought as we go. I want you to think about this tonight or during the day. This is on siliconangle.com, like Silicon Valley. And this is an article here, and it was written in September 2022, same time this report from the White House came out. It said, Web3 developer tool provider in Fiora announces plans to launch decentralized protocol. I just want to show you this. In Fiora Inc., the provider of tools and application programming interfaces for connecting decentralized apps to Ethereum, said today it's planning to launch a decentralized protocol to complement its existing product in order to provide better services for the peer-to-peer transactions of Web3 ecosystems. In Fiora was launched in 2016 with the goal of providing developers an access point for Web3 otherwise known as the decentralized web. It allows for peer-to-peer transactions using blockchain technology without the need for centralized servers by using Ethereum for computing and the interplanetary file system, a decentralized storage network. Since that time, the company has grown to support more than 430,000 developers who have built blockchain-based games, decentralized finance applications, non-fungible token marketplaces, social media applications, and more using its tools. It's the core infrastructure behind popular apps, such as the massively popular MetaMask cryptocurrency wallet and the Ethereum name service. So MetaMask, folks, is owned by Consensus. We showed you that. So now you say you've got Infura Inc., a provider of tools and application programming interfaces to sit on top of Ethereum, right? With 430,000 developers. These are all the worker bees. People like, I don't know, maybe your neighbor that are working to develop this system, the system that CBDC is going to ride on top of. Remember, we showed you the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub document where Consensus built this test pilot sitting on top of Ethereum. Well, let me show you. Who is Infura Inc.? 
Well, right here on their website, blog.infura.io, October 13, 2019, Infura has officially been acquired by Consensus. So Infura is owned by Consensus. This is the company run by Joseph Lubin, who was co-founder of Ethereum with partner Vilek Buterin, who was funded by Peter Thiel to develop Ethereum. And so you have 430,000 developers working on the Infura network, which is now owned by Consensus. And you would say to yourself, well, I don't know. Let me give you a tip, folks. If you want to live one foot in the system and one foot out of the system, if you see this as truly inevitable as I do, and I don't recommend you do this, I prefer to uh, get my five, six acres out in West Virginia and farm as long as I can. But if it ends up moving in a direction where the only way to make money is inside this system, you can go right over to consensus.net and look what they have here. We're going to go through this website with a fine-tooth comb over the coming episodes. Wait until you see everything they're working on. But right here, Consensus.net, and we're over here at their academy. And they have what? View our world-class programs, online blockchain education. You have certificate programs or everyone from beginners to experienced developers. And they have all these courses. Blockchain Essentials, you can take this course. Developer Program On Demand, you could sign up for this course. Blockchain Developer Online Bootcamp, you can sign up for this course. I mean, folks, it's insanity. You can go over here to Consensus Academy, and they have all these different programs here, folks. Uh, They've got basic training, blockchain developer, state and payment, power up your app using JS and Infura, build your own uh, Ethereum API with Infura and Compound. So Consensus is now monopolizing all of this. I showed you SoftBank's involved, uh, Microsoft is involved, but these are the folks that are going to be coding the whole system for central bank digital currency. I mean, there's other players out there, but this is one of the biggest ones I was able to find. So food for thought, when you say, how is this going to get done? It's such a large undertaking. Folks, there's 430,000 developers worldwide already operating within this Ethereum ecosystem. The ecosystem that is the backbone to deliver central bank digital currency to you, the consumer, and for you to be able to push it over to the merchants. And then everyone else who is in the supply chain from the manufacturers to the so-called retailers, ladies and gentlemen, an army of 430,000 worker bees. So I tell you this. I tell you this, and I'll be honest with you, you want to talk about solutions for our kids and our grandkids, and I've talked to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays about this. My son, William, is going to be trained in everything from churning butter with the Amish uh, to hunting deer to being able to survive in the wilderness all the way to being able to program. 
on the blockchain. And when he turns 13, 14, 15, 16, he's going to be making his own decisions. He will be fully educated on the stuff that we talk about here at the Dust and Gold Standard. This will be the basis for his homeschool so he knows the true history of our country and where we are today, the present prison planet that we live in today. And then he will be allowed to make a decision. Some people would say that's too much to teach a kid. Well, let me ask you a question. Is it more responsible of me to teach him the truth and set him up for this world we're moving into to teach him how to live off the land and also how to live inside the matrix and be able to make cbdc if that's what he has to do or should i completely shield him from the technology or completely shield him from surviving in the wild no now if you are a responsible parent or grandparent i think we know what the education system has to be the one we develop for homeschool we have to teach our children from one extreme to the other in the end it will be their decision he may grow up to put a brain chip in his head and go live inside the metaverse at the end of the day i can't stop him once he turns 18 years old but i am going to provide him with the toolbox with a set of skills to survive from one extreme to the other. And I think that is part of the solution. The solution is to be realistic. It's not about me anymore. It is about my son. And I will train my son to be a warrior from hunting in the woods to surviving inside of the matrix. It is my responsibility to understand all of this, to know how it works, and to be able to train him because he's not going to learn this in the public indoctrination centers. There he will be taught to just be a slave. In my world, he will be taught to not just survive this system, but to thrive in this system so think about that folks i will see you tomorrow for episode 103 my name is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.